Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And joining everyone again here from isolation with the Curtis Runner. I'm back, and Boxhead's back as well on school holidays. What's going on? Not much, man. Not much you can do in this weather. No. Not at, uh, like I said, probably not a bad period to be in isolation because there's not fuck all to do anyway. Pretty much. So pretty much uh, living the same way that we would have been, but obviously we recorded, as we said, at the start of the week. Um, we're back today, previewed the shortened round 17, and there's obviously been a bit of news overnight as well, in particular with the Warriors. Um, we'll start off with that. Thanks to bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anyone, do it with Bluebet. Download the app today or visit the website. Um, obviously, the news <clears throat> has been circulating for a while that Reese Walsh would potentially leave the Warriors club. He was going to move for 2023, see how things went, and then the option for 2024 um, was going to be based on personal circumstances. But there's obviously been some changes. Don't to delve into the personal side of things, but basically um, they're saying that his partner and him have separated. Obviously, I think his child's located in Brisbane, and on those conditions only, it looks like the Warriors will let him go back to the Broncos only. The Dolphins are not allowed to talk to him. I'm assuming that's got a little bit to do... I don't do. understand. I don't understand how they can dictate where he goes. Well, they've got him under contract for two years, I guess. They're doing him... Yeah, but if you're, if you're going to grant him a release, you should be able to go wherever he wants to go. Yeah, well, there's obviously more with it. The reports are obviously the Peter O'Sullivan situation, the Matt Lodge situation didn't end well, so they're certainly not looking to do the Dolphins any favours. Yeah, I, I understand that part of it, but I, I just don't see how that can then impact... The Reese Walsh situation, I think that's, yeah, I think it's ridiculous to be honest. He should be able to, like, if he wants to return back to that neck of the woods, he should be able to sign with the Gold Coast, Brisbane, or Redcliffe, I would imagine. They're both within that vicinity. Oh, I'm sure he could go to the Titans. I think the Dolphins are the only one that they've said, you know, if we're going to do you a solid after giving you your opportunity, moving here and happy to let you go under those circumstances, and obviously not a Sydney club or anywhere else. Because... I, 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 dis- I disagree with that. I, I think it's. I don't think it's fair that he, he's been dictated. If they're willing to give Grant him a release, he should be able to go wherever he wants to go. Yeah. Or don't release him. Simple <clears> as that. They don't have to release him. No, but again, I think, again, it's a, it's a two-way thing. They're doing him a solid, so they're asking him only one thing in return. And he... I don't. I think originally we all probably know, and we've already spoke about it. He didn't want to leave Brisbane, but Brisbane at the time obviously were not smart enough to identify the talent that they had on their hands. So, if anything, they're you know in a roundabout way, sort of getting a second chance. I think the only question here is now it's probably cost them a lot more money. I don't know the ins and outs exactly, but they're talking that the deal could be close to worth a million dollars, which seems insane to me. But, oh, yeah, yeah. What, what he gets paid is irrelevant, really. Just well, there's definitely some implications. Some the, details, the details around how he gets that exit. Yeah, like I said, I think it's pretty 
pretty clear what the circumstances are. Like they're they're happy to do him a favour given the circumstances, but they're certainly not looking to do the Dolphins any favours. And he was from Brisbane originally. He's got friends at Brisbane, so I think they probably still would have been the priority. I think the only difference would have yeah, been. What if Brisbane don't have the cash to sign him? Well, that's the, that's the, the next question. They clearly do have the cash, but there's probably going to be a knock on effect. They've just basically got Cobo for two years and said that, you know, fullback would be his long term project. So I guess the question now is, are they thinking? In a couple of years' time, Reynolds' time will be done. Maybe Walsh moves to six, Man moves to seven, and they've got Cobbo as their one lot. There's a bit of a shuffle there. And Walsh is the, Walsh the fullback. He's not half. I think the other question that comes into it now is if you bring in a contract that's fairly sizable and you've extended a lot of players, is there more of a chance that they do move on from Payne Haas? I doubt it. I doubt it. Well, I've heard something. I'm not really big on this sort of stuff, but a few people that are around... The Sydney side of setup of things are talking about a fair bit going on at the Roosters. Obviously, everybody already knows that salary cap-wise, they haven't registered Angus Crichton's deal, and they've now got the question marks over Cleary. But um, there's been a few people the last few days that are talking about the Roosters trying to reshuffle the the deck chairs completely with Tokiaho heading out the door. The potential of this Crichton deal not being registered, and if Luke Keary moves on, that they'd look to do the one-two, which wouldn't surprise anyone before, and get Payne Haas and try and push for Cameron Munster. Um, obviously, we know the Roosters can make things happen. Certainly, no one had an inkling or a clue about Cooper Cronk heading there, and they've moved on from Mitchell Pearce. Um, if the circumstances allow it, and Jared's obviously not getting any older, I would really not be surprised one bit at all by them trying to reshuffle the deck chairs over the next 12 months, but... Oh, of course. Obviously, there's a lot to play out between then, but if anyone was to come to you and say that the Roosters are trying to get Cameron Munster and Payne Haas in the next 12 months, I wouldn't believe you unless it was the Roosters. <laughs> and if anyone could accommodate the situation or make something like that happen, it would be the I Roosters. I think everyone would be having discussions. Yeah. Whether it's actually feasible are two different things. But, yeah, obviously, like I said, there's a bit there with Toki moving on, Jared heading to his last 12 months, um, Kiri's situation unknown, and then, you know, they've obviously got... Uh, the circumstances with Crichton they haven't registered that deal so it'd be a fair bit of a, a reshuffle or a redirection but I guess on the flip side that I also question Sawali like he's going to probably be looking at a circumstance of an upgrade Sam Walker's about to hit the open market so I think there's a lot going on there um, you know I don't think it's just as easy as that they they want those two and they'll move on two or three guys That they've got to fit a lot of people under their salary cap but for Brisbane um, I guess we'll wait and see if there is a knock-on effect anywhere here, because obviously they paid Reynolds. They've upgraded a lot of their forwards. Haas is on big money already. They've managed to keep Herbie for another year. They've managed to get Cobbo for another year. And now if they bring Walsh in, um, you know, that, that, that's a fair bit of money in a lot of spots. So you imagine somebody's either going to get squeezed out or next year they're, they're going to have to let somebody go. Yeah, let people negotiate whatever they got to do to make the room, I suppose. Mm. And then the other knock-on effect, as we saw yesterday um, from the Warriors' circumstances, is Charles Nickel-Klukstad, who originally was at the Warriors, then played under-20s at Melbourne before returning to the Warriors. He played a handful of games there and then obviously had that dream run when he played for Canberra at fullback in the grand final year. Um, the last two years since probably hasn't been as fruitful. Um, it'll give some... You know, part to that being injury, he had a bad neck injury, he's had a couple of issues, but obviously probably isn't playing the football he was two years ago. They've put Savage in as fullback, and now it's been announced that he will be returning next year. So I, I think for the Warriors, I know a lot of people are angry, but, um, you know, given the personal circumstances around it, everything that's going on, I, I think they're doing the right thing. By Walsh, I think 
Cook starts a solid player. I, I don't think he's got the ceiling or the potential, and obviously he's a bit older than Reese Walsh. Um, but for them, you know, like I said, it's nothing's going to be an overnight fix. I know some people aren't happy about it, but this is basically what me and you talked about the other day. This is a head-to-tail operation. They need to tie up their junior pathways. They need to stop, you know, the kids that have been leaving, obviously, over the last few years that they couldn't get their hands on and get them through their pathway system. They need to get back into junior development, the New South Wales pathways for 18s, 20s, and, you know, the NRL side of things as well. I think for now, they just need to make smart decisions and not get tied up with any bad contracts. Yeah, essentially. Um, It's not going to be a 12-month fix. So, again, I know people are frustrated, and I saw a bit yesterday, again, about the Walsh situation, but, you know, what do you do? Um, They sort of knew, I guess, heading into it, and these, these clauses were in the contract. It's the way it's played out for Brisbane again. Like I said, get a bit of a second chance. But on the flip side of that and saying that, like I said, if they didn't let him go in the first place, they probably wouldn't have had to pay out as much as what they probably have to get him back this time. It's sort of a you know, sort of a lucky thing in the sense that they've basically told him that they're only happy to accommodate the Broncos, but the Broncos are definitely going to pay for it. Yeah. Um, whereas if they kept him for 12 months and developed him and played him, uh, I doubt we'd be talking about the sort of dollars or he maybe have only played a handful of games by now, but... I think the real, the only real one who feels the immediate knock-on effect of this, I think, might be Tamari Martin. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a fair comment. Well, you know, comes back after a few years out. I'm pretty sure they signed him to a deal, like not a, a massive deal, but he has gone as far as his form, seeing him get picked for the Kiwi squad the other week. So, if Walsh is coming into the mix and you've got Mam and Reynolds in the halves, like immediately he sort of goes, you know into the peripheral a little bit in the top 30, I think, for them. And Ike and good business, you're probably sitting there thinking well, we've got good depth. But um, for the job he's done and where he's come from, that if that blocks his path immediately. I said to you before, like, why they're making a, a bit of a call one way that he goes to Brisbane. I, I don't see why in these circumstances, if you're the Warriors, you maybe can't ask for a player spot if somebody like Tamari Martin, who is a Kiwi, has any interest in coming back the other way. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I know. Yeah, there's a few things to play out, no doubt, in and around this. So, mm, and I know this. this I, I, I was looking at all this stuff, and I was like, "What the hell is going on? It's been June 30, but it's extended, isn't it? It's August one. August, but yeah, this is obviously all yeah. for next year. So, like you said, sometimes that old knock-on effect where chance. Well, no, obviously... I think I think chance is gone now, isn't it? No, I think it's for next year. Uh, so I, I, I heard that it was happening now. Well, if they accommodated it, it wouldn't surprise me, considering where they are. Um, last week, they only put him on the bench for, I think, five or six minutes. But the way I read it yesterday is that he would be returning, um, but as of 2023, on a three-year deal. I haven't seen anything announced from Canberra's end yet, though. Usually, you kind of see a simultaneous post from clubs when somebody's obviously... No, they've granted him an immediate release. Okay, so it's been moved up. Well, there you go. So maybe... Signing a three-year deal where he made his NRL debut. Yeah, go on. Oh, I'm looking at the Warriors website here and it says he's returning to the club next season. Okay, yeah. So... We'll have to wait and see until there's a little bit of clarification on that because it's... Today's the Wednesday, 7.30 this morning on the Warriors website. Cameron George announced today that Charles Dickel-Clogstad is returning home from the club next season. He yeah, so he's been granted a release. Is he was he on contract for next year? He's still got a year to run with Canberra, so they've yeah. So that's what the that's what the release is. Yeah, it's not to move there immediately. It's to get out of the last year of his contract. 
And again, people from my point before might go, well, why the hell would you ask for Tamari Martin if you're bringing Chance home? But again, I think Chance is sort of limited in terms of his ball playing and some of his skill from the back. I think he could easily play on the wing or somewhere else in the back line. Um, someone good to add to your depth. If you can add Martin there, you also get another halves option. Johnson's not getting any younger. He's got one year to run. Volkman's a kid, and Martin can play halves and fullback. Yeah. And he's a Kiwi. So I just think naturally that popped into my head as something for the Warriors where if you're giving somebody back that you obviously took the risk on, which Brown done twice in two tenures at two clubs with two young fullbacks, why not ask the question? If you're going to take Walsh back, what happens to Martin? Um, if we're going to accommodate this deal or keep the Dolphins out of it, um, you know, any interest in potential player swap, if he's going to get pushed out, it's got to be a two-way street. It couldn't hurt to ask. But um, on top of that, big news, obviously, and um, we'll see how things pan out. But for the Broncos, um, it's it's been a pretty positive year, and I'm sure they'll be pretty happy about that as well. Yeah. But we'll see the implications later on in terms of contracts and knock-on effect with them. While we're on <clears throat> talks of deals and signing news, I guess, um, back to the Dolphins, this was one of their big targets. They've missed out on a lot of guys. They've gone hard for a lot of guys. I think this one, again, probably goes back to sort of the point the other day that it's all well and good to stir the pot and throw some pot shots and try and, uh, you know, get under the skin of a couple of clubs, but the Warriors have certainly fired an arrow back across the bow to them, so. Yeah, of course. They've been into the Panthers, they've been into the Storm, and, um, yeah, this is one that's sort of come back to bite them on the arse a little bit. Yeah, but I, I just think it's ridiculous that they've only had the one year to sign players. I yeah, I don't agree. Like it's been so rushed. Yeah. So rushed. They should have had two years minimum. Yeah. Just, and I think the other thing I looked at yesterday... There's potential for this just to go to shit. Like, you look at what they've signed, and if they run out right now, the Gold Coast are on the bottom of the table. Do the Gold Coast Titans beat what the Dolphins have assembled? I think they do. Well, I looked at it yesterday. So you're looking... They've got 19 full-time deals done. They've got four development contracts. You're probably looking with what they've got at the moment, with no one else coming, Azarko being your fullback, Jennings and Edric Lee, the wingers, your centers are probably Aitken and Branko. Your halves at the moment, they don't have a six, but by all reports, it's going to be Anthony Milford, but we'll wait and see. Well, they've got O'Sullivan, don't they? O'Sullivan's your seven. Yeah, well, yeah you'd play the other kid. Katara will be playing seven, and O'Sullivan will be playing yeah, well, six. if you don't get Milford, you're not going to have an option. He's your only half. <laughs> So he'll be going straight from SG Vault NRL, which is a huge jump. I think the only yeah. part where I looked and thought, okay, they've done well there. But again, it's it needs to be looked at in 12 months' time is Jesse Bromwich, Felice, Kenny, Stone's a solid player. Um, but you look at that and go, well, Jesse, Felice, Kenny are all at the back end. Two of them are on two-year deals. Kenny signed a, a three-year deal. But again, 12 months down the road, you need to roll that Ford pack over already. So... I think the one area they've done is they've got some good veterans. They've got a solid forward pack, but in terms of their outside backs, their depth and their spine at the moment, it's Azarko, O'Sullivan, and Jeremy Marshall King. Yeah. So spine and OB is underwhelming. Um, solid forward pack, but yeah, over, like you said, the heat of 25 rounds, a couple of rep players, like Tommy Gilbert is a good boy. They've only got him for a year, though, so I don't know quite the thinking there like he, he's a guy that was playing well at the Cowboys young now he's broken to the Origin Arena is he signing a one year deal with the potential to move somewhere else or just to test the waters I don't know Yeah. but there's the, the whole thing like you said not only are they trying to set up a club but looking at the deals they've done there's only a handful of three year contracts this is going to be an ongoing project next year and the year after like this, this squad is going to change a lot in the next two to three years 100% 
So, um, yeah, next year is obviously a big moving year for them, which is probably why I guess they did a lot of one-year and two-year deals and only a handful of three-year contracts because next year is huge. I think, like you said, they're probably going to suffer, but the amount of talent off next year in key positions, they're, they're going to have to strike. They're going to have to make some big moves, and I, I guess they're looking and they're going to need it for Wayne Bennett to work some magic with some of these guys that are coming for an opportunity to at least show we're competitive, we're heading in the right direction, come here. And there'll obviously be money incentives as well. Um, but, yeah, I'm still a bit worried at the moment. They've got 11 more contracts they need to sign. Um, the development deals are all well and good because they're long-term options, but right now, certainly uh, a fair bit to go. Yeah. But they've struck another blow. Uh, you talk about Penrith during the week. Mason Teague, who was their SG ball captain, played with Katoa and this was another point which I surprised gave as much headlines. People are saying, well, Penrith have now told Katoa he's not going to play Fleg or Cup for the rest of the year. I don't know why that's a surprise. Like, if you're a, a development club and you've got someone... Yeah, they've got no responsibility to develop him. I think, look, it's unethical in the... It's like, well, he's still on contract with Penrith until the end of the year. But, oh, yeah, yeah well, he's leaving to go somewhere else. The, the, the side of this that... Like, if you're Redcliffe, you probably want to relocate him now then. Like, if they're not going to give him any footy, wouldn't you want to relo- relocate him now and at least put him in the Q Cup side? Well, I think the other side of it as well that Penrith were already dealing with is apparently he plays rugby union, he plays in, like something else with school, so he's got a lot on his plate as is. So I think yeah. they've mainly said you can train here and do what you're doing, but in terms of flag and cut, I don't think they've shunned him. I think they've basically just said, though, well, you know, obviously you're not going to no, be I think, here. I think, didn't the CEO come out yesterday and say that they've said like that he's gone he's not playing flagging cup well I, I haven't looked at the team list since the SG ball to see if he had been playing but um... no, I, I obviously have I've been keeping a close eye on the New South Wales Cup and he hasn't been named in the New South Wales Cup well he wasn't going to play cup over Falls and O'Sullivan anyway but has he been playing no. flag <laughs> yeah but when they've been when they've been rested because they haven't, they haven't uh, always had their strongest side in Penrith particularly over the last six weeks what, when did it? I've gone back about four weeks to have a look because they've got the the Puru brothers and a couple other guys. So I don't think he was a walk up. They're not light on in in halves in flag. No, I don't think he he moved up anyway, even before. But mind you, he already signed the deal before SG Ball had finished. Yeah. So, but yeah, with Connor Mason, the Puru twins, who they've had there, I don't think his progression was going to be instant into those spots anyway. No. Um, and Jack Cole, who I think's been playing halves and hooker, he got picked for the 19s team the other week. He's obviously there as well. So, in, in a way, like people that are blowing up about it, like I don't know how you're surprised. It's business for everyone. Like it's not to me anything out of the ordinary. You've signed to go elsewhere. You're an 18 year old kid. Um, they've got other guys there, and your pathway was sort sort of already blocked. So he wasn't exactly playing in these spots. But to, for anyone who's even probably not looked at the team list like we're doing now, to go, oh, you know, they've punted him or they're not going to let him play. Like he wasn't playing anyway. But in terms of extra development or opportunities for the rest of the year, what, there's eight weeks left or something like that? Like, why would you play somebody who's not going to beat your club? Yeah. And I'm sure Mason Teague, similar deal. I don't know if he's got any opportunities on the bench. Looking at the few games I've tried to look at here, it doesn't look like it. Um, similar deal if you're moving on. There's no real responsibility to try and get him NRL ready, which is what the Dolphins are going to need, which is a huge acceleration compared to the progress they would have made through the Panther system. They probably would have moved up to flag last year with a view... Next year, sorry, with a view to play some cup, but um, Teague straight into the top 30, as is Qatar. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, a very, very big step up and a big ask. But, um, 
yeah, I'm surprised that got as much headway as what it did. But a uh, few more points just to finish off. The Warriors also extended Freddie Lussick for two years, obviously came over from the Roosters. So, again, uh, nothing crazy money-wise, nothing crazy long-term deal-wise. But I guess, like I said, again, it's not going to be an overnight fix for them. He's a young player. He's a backup option. Um, Souths secured Saluka Fafida from the Roosters immediately. They've obviously had a bit of a rough week. Um, they got a good win. Then they've had their three guys go into origin camp. Liam Knight done his ACL in a horrible tackle that happened in the New South Wales Cup. Um, Sele got injured last week, so they're a bit short in the forward stock. So Saluka Fafida was granted immediate release from the Roosters, which is a surprise considering those two generally don't do each other any favours. Um, and on the uh, the Cronulla side of things, Tommy Hazelton, who was really, really good in the preseason last year, come up from Goulburn, just playing park football, still young, big body, has signed a two-year deal in the top squad. So I think that gives probably a little more credence to the fact of the possibility that, you know, an older bloke like a Tolman or a Fafita is probably on the way up. Yeah, we'll get a good look at him this week when we run into the Jets. So he's been known to play for Newtown against us this weekend. So. Mm, big body, good carry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, handy player. So. Yeah, good on him. It's good, good to see, particularly guys who come from competitions outside of your normal pathways, find an avenue into an NRL system. That's good. Right, the other part to what you've just said. Sometimes you you, you try to understand why somebody's been missed or how he was missed, because <laughs> he's not super old. I think he's twenty two, twenty three. Like I'm not saying that, you know, he was playing that sort of football a couple of years ago. But sometimes these people pop up and you go, really? Like how how was he missed? <laughs> Yeah, that's fair comment. So, you know, I think Gavin Miller, the ex-Sharks player, lives down that way, tipped him up that he was down there playing and that they needed to have a look. And COVID obviously slowed down uh, his chances. He did the off-season last year, but as we know, there wasn't much uh, junior football going on. And then he's come in basically this year again with no football for two seasons and found his way um, to getting a debut and now being in the top 30. Yeah. So they're just a few bits of news on top of obviously the biggest piece, which is Walsh. Heading back to the Broncos, um, and obviously Charns heading over to the Warriors, and then Saluka Fafita, probably the only immediate move. I, I, I thought there'd be a little bit more movement, to be honest, between a few clubs before August, but I guess we've still got a month to go, so we'll see in the next few weeks. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but moving on from that. I think it'll heat up. It heated up this time last year as well. Yeah, I guess Lodgy was the other one, but I guess he was released. Um, but they're talking that he'll play cut this week because the Roosters have got the buy and then he'll be straight into the side the week after. There you go. So the Roosters, obviously, like we talked about the other day, will be looking to make that end-of-year surge. I think they reckon Jared is close to coming back. So to have him, Jared, Tokiaho, Radley back, um, they're certainly going to need an extra body there with their middles to try and push for the finals. Yeah. They need to get on a win streak. So, um, yeah, big piece of news today coming out of that. But let's look at the shortened round. Um, do a preview and get some tips uh, brought to you by bluebet.com.au and on all games this week, back a team head-to-head and if they lead by six or more at halftime, Bluebet will pay you out as a winner up to $100. Lead by six at halftime, you win. Terms and conditions apply. Gamble responsibly. And the first one we have here in terms of games for this short round is the Melbourne Storm up against the Cronulla Sharks and it's at the prison. So... You look at Melbourne, we talked about it last week, obviously depleted with some injuries and then the origin impact. Um, Harry was the only player from last week out of those origin guys, but they've got Pappenhausen, 
back in the one. Meany moves to six. Eremiah starts on the wing with Anderson, uh, the Seve and Olam in the centers again. The forward pack, you've got Bromwich. Cheese starts at nine with Nelson. Chris Lewis gets another run in the back row. Wasn't a happy week last week with Kenny. Josh King in the bench this week. Um, they've got Wishart pushing in. Kamika Mika, McDonald, and Jordan Grant. And in the reserves, I don't know if there'll be some late movement, but Bronson Garlic, it's been taught the last few weeks, he might get a run. Nick Arima was obviously dropped after getting his first game since 2016. Young Tom Apia returned to the club, I think, for the third time. So he's in that reserves. And Jack Howarth, who signed that huge deal, still hasn't had an opportunity. I don't know whether they'd consider bringing him up this week. I maybe doubt it. Um, but the way our center situation is looking, um, and he's been able to play there, I don't know what he's like defensively because I haven't seen a lot of his cut footage, but I think they're going to need to look at something because the news come out yesterday that Remus Smith has retorn his pec muscle and he won't return this season. Sort of combat that up, though. Mm. Well, they were certainly better defensively on both edges with him and Olam. And we mm. talked about it yesterday. Felice was very important, particularly that right side. He's even more important now that Remus is not returning. Um, but long term, like I already said, I wasn't confident that they're anywhere near the Panthers level. And the Cowboys have obviously probably come up to their level, if not ahead. But if your right side for the rest of the year is going to have Seve playing there, I think that's a glaring hole. <laughs> Um, definitely, so. yeah, definitely. They, yeah, we got Anderson, Seve, and Eremiah there. It, it doesn't reek of uh, experience. No, nah. there's only one way to get experience. So you'd hope that when well, you get Munster back, Meany goes back into the into the outside backs, which is going to help. Well, that was going to be. Yeah, you're right. They're going to have to. They're going to have to certainly patch up some holes. That was my next option. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, if you get back. Munster, you get back Felice, as you will. You've got Olam on the left, locking things down. Coates will return. I, I think probably Meany would have to be looked at as a potential centre. Like, he can play anywhere in the back line. If you can defend at half, you can defend at centre. But I think they're certainly going to have to come up with an alternative there. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if it's going to be Seve. And obviously with Meany there, you've got a few more strings to your bow. If you get another injury, you can cover fullback. He can play in the halves. He's a goal kicker. Um, but, yeah, I guess defensively, just long-term, I don't see Seve being the guy finishing the year in that spot. Yeah, so, have to see. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a blow on top of the injuries they've already got. And, obviously, like I said, Welch would be the other one. Um, there's still no clarity quite yet. It might not be until the finals. But Remus was a couple of weeks away from returning, apparently, and had an issue in his rehab, and it turns out it's torn again, so... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Not good, but looking at this one, the Sharks, massive bonus this week. Nico was not the 18th man, so he can go back in and play. Talakai goes out, but they've got great cover from the guy that was one of their best players last year in that position in Connor Tracy. So they yeah, go. Will he, will he go back and play, Hines? Hines will. Hines is not the 18th. So will he go, will he play and then go back into camp? Is that yeah. how it works? That's exactly what happened. White is 18th man. Yeah, I know I understand that. 
but I, I just I find it weird that if you're going to call him in a camp, so is he just going to play on game day? He'd have to do captain's run, so they're going to have to release him from camp today. Like he would have been released from camp last night, you would think. Yeah. To come back and do captain's run today, to play tomorrow, to then what probably recover Friday and then be back in camp on Saturday. Yeah, and I think for them, it'll be interesting to see whether he actually whether he actually plays like. Has Jack been named 18th as in, like, he's going to be 18th to play? He's 18th. Or is he just named, named 18th in the squad number? Or is oh. it confirmed that he's 18th? Well, I'm assuming if they're going to let him go, he'd have to be the 18th. And yeah. they're not playing this week, Canberra. So it's, they're unaffected. Oh, OK. Yeah, well, yeah. So, yeah, Jack covers most of the positions at Nico. Yeah, it's interesting to see whether, whether it's Hines or it is Whiten. It probably would be Whiten. Well, the only flip side of that, and I doubt it'll happen, is if he's playing today, a Thursday to a Wednesday turnaround, he's got the longest turnaround of anyone. But I think it's yeah. Whiten. Whiten covers centre, wing, back row, half. Like uh, He's probably not as much as a, a, a kicker or a halfback. He's a six. He's more versatile, isn't he, than Hines? But Hines is probably more cover for seven directly than he is a six or one. Um, so they tick yeah. a lot of the same boxes, but I guess... If you're picking Hines, you're saying you're more worried about seven cover than you are those other positions, plus obviously the fact that Jack can play six. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, and I, I guess on the flip side of that, as everyone's talked about, they'll surprise he missed out. I guess keeping him at 18th, um, you know, he's if something does happen, he's potentially still part of the game. Yeah. But, yeah, huge bonus for them. And like I said, Tracy was outstanding last year, very good player, replaces Talakai. Um, they got Ramian back a couple of weeks ago. They've got Ueli in the reserves, who's been a big missing piece to some of their go forward. Um, I think they're in a really, really good spot here. Like I said, the next two weeks, they get Melbourne with injuries and origin players out. Then they get the Cowboys with only a one-day turnaround, who have got Cotter injured, Lukey injured, Gilbert, Nanai, McLean, Tualungi, and Val Holmes, five players playing. And then they've got Robson, Hammer, and Dearden in camp. So with that short turnaround, they, they've got a real good chance here to go bang-bang against the two teams directly in front of them. Yeah, so, yeah it's broken well from during Origin. 100%. And uh, I guess the thing here, Melbourne has still got quality with Nelson, Jesse, Tui, etc. And there's a lot of responsibility on Hughes, Cheese and Pappenhausen. But those edges are, are the big thing like we talked about before. If uh, Cronulla can hold the middle and do what Manly did last week and just get to those edges and make them make decisions. I think particular, you know, that left side going at Seve and Anderson, getting that sort of long side shift where Moylan and Hines link with Kennedy. Um, I think, yeah, going to the prison, a lot, a lot of things here point to a Sharks win for me. Yeah, I think the Sharks will win. And again, it's it's a surely for Fitzgibbon. And again, I'm not, you won't be harping on it, but I'm definitely sure they, they understand and they all would realise looking that the next two weeks are a really, really big opportunity to get into the top four permanently. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, for Melbourne, I guess the meaning thing for me makes sense. Nick Arima last week, um, you know, I'm surprised Manly didn't get Ola Kawadu at him a bit more, but Meany's a bigger body. Um, but, yeah, it's just more so those edges. Uh, I, I doubt we'll see as poor an effort defensively overall because Bellamy certainly was more disappointed with that than anything. But I still think, yeah, obviously missing the players that they're missing um, in Coates, Munster, Felice, Harry, etc., this, this probably has to be a win for the Sharks. Yep. And bluebet.com.au agrees. They started outsiders. They're now $1.90 a piece. A pick'em minus one and a half in favour 
of the Storm. 1 to 12 is 310 for the Sharks, 310 for the Storm, 13 plus, 435 for the Sharks, 415 for the Storm. The second game, again, uh, it's, it's been a hard week for the Rabbitohs. They come off that great win. Latrell basically takes himself out of origin, but then on the back of that, you have Murray, Cook, and Arrow go into origin camp. Campbell Graham has suffered a facial fracture. Harme Sele has a hamstring injury. And then Liam Knight, who would have come in when they've already lost forwards to origin and injury, that horrendous tackle that if you haven't seen, I think the NRL physios page is on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, Solomon Naduki from Parramatta just comes in and bombs him below the knee and he's torn his ACL. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a hard week for them in terms of getting some cover in for the forwards. And on the flip side... Newcastle have already been missing Ponga, and I think Hoy does a great job. And they get Bradman Best and Jaden Braley back. So the last few weeks, they've slowly got, you know, Safidi back, Barnett back, Mann back, Braley back. That Things are starting to really build in a positive direction for Newcastle. And at home, um, I think they have to win this game. I think with the guys that are missing, you've got Totola and Burgess starting with Harvili. If you burn out those middles and, and do a good job early, looking at their bench at the moment, They've got Nicarima and Taft, so you've got two utilities. Um, you've got Cheekham, who's come off a of surgery, who's more an edge than he is a middle, and you've got Mawale, who they've barely used for more than 15 minutes in first grade. Um, I think they'll use um, Silica for Fida straight away, I would think. Yeah, I was about to say, I'd agree with you there, because um, the only other option I see, and it's what Fiji did the other week, which would be a hell of a reshuffle, is to get Nicarima at one again like they did last week and rotate between him and Luttrell in attacking sets and push Milne into play as an extra middle like he did for Fiji, just being a bigger body. But I think Saluka for Fiji in for one of those guys is probably their best option. But um, I think it's a big ask. And, and Jed Cartwright, he hasn't played NRL all of last year, like probably for two years now in that back row spot. I'm sure he'll see plenty of traffic. This is a big opportunity for Newcastle at home. So I'm, I'm going to back the Knights. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, those, those injuries certainly hurt Souths and... You know, it was a good chance, again, to build. But this is what Origin does, like we talked about. Just when they get a win you weren't expecting, this is one full strength they'd probably look at and go, we need to win. Instead, now, three going to camp, you get a couple of injuries and you're in a situation where, you, you know, it, it's going to be a big ask. Yeah. But the odds on that one with bluebet.com.au, the Knights, outsiders. So a bit of value there if you like Knights, $2.45. South's $1.55, minus four and a half the line. 1 to 12 Knights, 355, $3 for South. 13 plus for the Knights, 620, um, and $3, 13 plus for South Sydney. The Tigers, um, it's been hard since Madge has gone. Three losses in a row. I thought defensively they were pretty resilient on the weekend, considering, but uh, obviously didn't score any points. And I think for now, by the looks of things, they're just going to blood their best young players and try and finish the year cycling through what they've got and preparing. Um, you know, they did it last week with Fenua Polo. Uh, they did it with Austin Dias. And this week, a uh, young bloke that we talked about and we had a bit to do with, Justin Matamua gets a debut on the bench. Yeah, we coached him. Well, I coached him for three years. At um, West and had him in the, the Cubs program. An outstanding human, beautiful family. Could not be happier for, for Justin. It's... Yeah, it's a reward for a lot of hard work. And, you know, we blooded him. We played him as a 15-year-old in Harold Matthews in, that would have been 2017. So it's been a five-year path. And, yeah, it's just a great reward. 
so yeah, we're we're super happy for him, and hope he goes goes really really well. Yeah, and a, a very talented player, like you said, on top of all the the best part of just being a really good human being. He started off as a half, but a bigger body, um, played a little bit of edge, played a bit of middle. If you watched the under-19s game the other week, he was outstanding. They put the eight on his back, but he essentially played a Isaiah Yo role. Almost every first touch was off him. Um, That's how we played in the last two years. Mm. Just he, he, he really grew out in his body and physically matured and, you know, had a lot of size and loved contact, so I put him in the middle and it just complements both his physicality but then gives him that option to pass and it's it's going to give you know West Tigers in the future certainly a very very handy player in the middle of the field he can link with your halves uh, yeah it's, I think it's a really smart move from Kamali to put him in and blood him and just see how he goes yeah and I think looking here Tarmel came back they dropped safe off they've kept pole um, so he's obviously going to get more minutes you to Kamanu, so if you've got your two middles, I think the only real look here is he either plays, you know, 20, 20, 25 minutes or 30 minutes for Offhand Goway as a middle, or they've got Tuolagi and Garner leaving next year. Whether they roll one of those guys out and give him half an hour on an edge or something, I'm not sure, but he's certainly got the ability to play both those positions. If he plays an edge, he could be your Wade Graham type. He can kick, he can ball play, he can run, but as a 13 and the way that role has gone, watching him the other night for the 19s, uh, he was probably their most impeasant. Those guys obviously had plenty of love on the outside, but any coach would have been watching the video back, oh, man, this guy's doing a hell of a job in the middle. His options yeah. between run, pass, moving the ruck, they were holding off him, he was getting them out wide and creating overlaps. Um, I don't quite know how they'll use him in the future, like you're saying again, whether they see him as an edge or a 13, I'm not too sure, but He's going no, to be. He's got a, his future's at thirteen, surely. He's going to be a hell of a player. Mm. This is one of the ones they uh, certainly have to make sure they take care of and do the right thing by. I think he's locked in for a couple more years. Um, but yeah, we re-signed in February, didn't he? Start as soon as Shane's got there, he locked him up, mm. which was a positive because for a little bit there, they were, you know, wasn't sure whether they were going to make the move and they needed to. Um, but certainly a big rise. He signed him up. He went from SG Ball to Flag to cup New South Wales 19s and our week later he's playing NRL. Yeah. So, but why wouldn't you if you're the Tigers? Like I said again, Garner's moving on, Tuolagi's moving on, Isaiah Papali's coming in. His preference, as he said before, is more to play middle than an edge. I think they're going to need him to play on an edge because they've got no edges really next year. Um, so with Offerhand Gowie there, you might be able to play him and Justin next year on the edges. I'm not sure. Blaw will be back, but... You know, if anyone's not going to be part of your plan and you're in their situation right now, even Brandon Tumuth, the young guy from Balmain, he played in that 19s game. I wouldn't be surprised if he got a debut the next few weeks as well. Yeah, he's your edge. Yeah, they have to get those guys in. Um, if you've got all these other blokes moving on, I get the results aren't great, but you've got an interim coach. You, you should just be looking to get as many people playing first grade and get them some experience as you can. Yeah. For the Eels side of things, Paulo is the only one missing... Terrible result last week. Very disappointing. <coughs> Pardon me. I expect them, plain and simple, um, to get back to basics. They have to kick the front door in. They've got a massive advantage with their forward pack. Murata rolling straight in for Paulo as a great replacement. Madison's apparently going to be back this week. You know, uh, I think it's pretty simple for them. When they go forward, kick the front door in, and they play off the back of second phase and quick play the balls, they look better when they want to play 
sideline to sideline football without establishing uh, ruck momentum. You know, that they, they can really bring themselves undone and the spine have to stand up this week. You've got a team that's come at last. You had a loss to them at the start of the year, which shouldn't have happened. This is a must win, and I expect if they go on and do what they're supposed to do, this should be a big win. Yeah, you'd think so. But it's Parramatta. Well, coughed, up, coughed up a game against them last time, so... Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'm on the heels. I think this is a no-brainer. If they don't do the job here, just brings more, again, credence to the fact we've talked about consistency, why they're not going to finish in the top four and why they're going to miss out an opportunity to win the comp. Yeah. Have to find a, a win here and, again, a good one. But, yeah, see how that one plays out. And bluebet.com.au agree. A dollar twenty-three favourite, the Tigers, 420, minus 12.5 the line. 1 to 12 for the Tigers, 550. 1 to 12 for the Eels, $3. Tigers, 13 plus, is $11. Parramatta, 13 plus, is $1.93. Um, in the last game, the Broncos up against the Dragons. Similar deal here for the Broncos. <clears throat> Hard week. Um, Payne Haas. Injured, so he's not playing for the Broncos or New South Wales. He's got two bung shoulders, a bad ankle. He's battled through, but he's out. Pat Carrigan goes into origin camp. Kurt Catewell goes into origin camp, as does Cobbo and Flegler. They've let go into camp, so I don't know whether that means they're potentially looking at rotating him into their side or whether Brisbane have just said, just go, stay there for the whole week. Like He's yours because he's not named in the 22 at all, so he won't be coming back. Um, and then on top of that, they lost Corey Jensen last week to a calf injury, and Tamari Martin has a rib injury in terms of time. Could be two to four weeks for either, and in the lower grades, TC Rabadi broke his arm, so he's going to be out for four to six weeks, so he wasn't an option. And there was somebody else that I read, Brennan Piacura, who they obviously, like I said, signed to this huge deal, hasn't played a game. This year, he got, I think he got a head knock in the Cook Islands game and he got another head knock on the weekend. So for a young man, he's, he's had a fair few HIAs in a short space of time. But for Brisbane, um, it puts a real big strain on their team. Tessie New, after a long period out, comes in at the back. Um, Branko Lee plays in the centres again. Pereira gets another go on the wing. The halves are stable with Mam and Reynolds. Keenan Palacia starts in the front row with Ryan James. Zach Hosking, who was a long-term player at Newcastle, um, gets a debut in first grade, so a big reward for him for persisting for four or five years there. Hedrington starts at lock. You know, the bench, Corey Pakes returns from injury. Reese Kennedy and Xavier Willison plays, I think, his first game for the year after debuting as a, a schoolboy last year before doing his ACL. And Tyson Gamble is the 17. So looking at that, I'm assuming Kennedy and Wilson will be middle rotation and Gamble will probably be lock swap for Hetherington at some point and Pakes will swap with Walters but you look at the Dragons they lose Hunt, they bring in Sullivan Sullivan's got a natural relationship with Monet coming through the junior grades their forward pack's untouched this is again another opportunity at a very you know, appropriate time during Origin to beat a team that's only one win ahead of them while they're severely weakened definitely, yeah definitely I'm on the Dragons <clears throat> Yeah, like I said again, you got Reynolds looking a bit gun shy with the ribs um, and that forward pack. I think the big thing, like James, looked definitely like he'd lost a step. Um, it's a big ask for Hosking. Like I know he's got the engine, but your debut game in first grade, um, a bit under man. Heathering will do a job, but what they've got in terms, again, their middle rotation, 
I think, uh, yeah, that's definitely a spot, along with Walters and Pakes, who are guys you can spot up. If I'm the Dragons, I'm just pouring through the middle. And if you do that well, it'll open up space for Amone and Sullivan to combine like they did through the, the SG ball and flag grades. Sullivan generally played a lot more on the ball, which freed up Amone to run more, which is what we've seen the last few weeks with Hunt and his confidence growing. So I expect those two to try and put a real stamp on this game. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, on the Dragons and that one. And Bluebet.com.au agrees... Oh, no, they don't. Sorry, they're the outsider as well. So they started about 270, but with more news coming in about the Broncos, injuries and players missing. Uh, the Broncos are $1.76. The Dragons now 205. Minus one and a half is the line. Uh, one to 12 Broncos, $3.325 for the Dragons. 13 plus for the Broncos, 365.10 for the Broncos. But I guess, like we said last week, just timing, you know, for South. You pull yourselves into the eight and then you're playing a team that's behind you and you have all these guys missing. For Cronulla, you get a team directly ahead of you and another one two weeks in a row where they're both heavily affected. For St. George, you're sitting one win behind the Broncos and you know, you're know you missing your best player, but they're missing six or seven. There's a real opportunity to throw the ladder out a little bit on for that run home. Yeah, yeah 100%. 100%. Yeah. So... If uh, things go the way that we've just spoke about, it's going to be a very interesting read looking at the ladder next week when we get back to normality for the run home. Well, that'll, so. be, that'll be... Everyone would have played 16 games and have eight to go and origin over, so it'll be... Yeah, certainly full steam ahead towards the finals. Yeah, well, like I said, I'm, I'm very interested to see uh, how it all looks next week. But with these couple of results and the way the draws panned out, um, yeah, the ladder could certainly... Toss up a few curlies. Like I said, it brings Brisbane into that mix of probably being too far away from the top four, but also then being in a battle in the bottom of the eight. And then you've got a couple of teams that grab some wins. You've got the Roosters trying to make moves to go on a bit of a run. Like it's it's really, in particular, heating up for that battle to get into the eight. So if the, see how the results pan out in the weekend. Nothing's guaranteed. But, yeah, certainly uh, look forward to looking at things next week moving forward for the run home. <clears throat> said next week Friday night the Cowboys are home five guys playing two injured and three in camp against Cronulla who are only going to have Talakai um, they've got so essentially yeah you've got Manly who are on they're going to be on 18 which is the same as the Dragons and the the Rabbitohs and then you're going to have the Roosters in Canberra go to 16 so really they're only two points out of the eight yeah um, Parramatta they get the Warriors next week with a one day turnaround but it's only Junior Paulo um, Roosters Dragons yeah, you, just, you just rest him wouldn't you and maybe bring Makatoa or someone up from Cup well he's already on the bench so yeah you've got the option the last few weeks they've had Rodwell in because he's probably going to be there next year they've obviously told Nathan Brown he can leave and they've had Opacek on the bench as sort of coverage for centre back row <clears throat> um, yeah so next week you've got the Roosters and the Dragons again big game for the Roosters a must win you've got the Dragons who Hunt probably plays half a game, so he'll back up. So the Roosters, obviously, like I said earlier, pushed all in against Melbourne and lost that game. 
Um, you know, that they Good re- reason you reckon that Wiramu Greg hasn't played a lot of footy for Parramatta in first grade? Well, they, they brought him over, um, and he's only like played... He was, when, when we played against him, he was strong, like really strong. I think his few NRL appearances, probably the biggest thing, was originally with the rules, he just looked a little bit slow, but things have obviously gone a little bit back to normal now, so I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, it's not as loose as what it was when the six again first come in, but yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure. Um, next year, they're going to have to make a decision. I think he's on contract. There's obviously a few guys moving on. So between himself, Makatoa, Hopgood, etc., there's going to be some spots there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Roosters Dragons probably the big one I'm looking at after the Origin. The Roosters are going to have to back up all those guys you'd think because they have to win. That's true. Um, so Dragons, that's a big game for them. If they found a way to win that one with Hunt probably only playing half a game, that would be a real big blow. Seagulls against Newcastle. If Newcastle win this week and then roll into that and win, they'll be on seven. They'll be in striking distance. I, I don't see it happening. But it could also be a big blow to Manly. Um, Broncos, I don't know if I'd call it a banana peel game, but I think it could be. It's the Titans with the backup, with injuries and lots of teams playing. It's a rivalry game. That would be a great opportunity for the Titans to take some pressure off their coach and Tino would be the only guy backing up. Panthers play... The Tigers, like, if you're the Panthers, surely this week coming, you just play all those guys again. You rest, yeah. surely. Yeah. Um, like, again, no, no offence to the Tigers side of things, but, you know, you've lost one game. Your reserve grade team's absolutely stacked. It's an opportunity to get those guys another run, rest all your origin players, and then you roll into a harder run home, which they do have. Um, Storm Raiders on Sunday down in Melbourne. Um, you think for Canberra, again, it's a must win. Papali will be likely the only one who plays a half a game or 20 minutes. Melbourne, do they back their guys up? Not sure, but they'll certainly want to win. Uh, then the Bulldogs play South Sunday afternoon. So South again, Cook half a game, Arrow half a game. Murray's probably the only one who's going to play huge minutes. It's a must win. So that, that round after, I think the two sort of games that stand out the most uh, those two middle cl- uh, table clashes again, Roosters versus Dragons and Manly versus Newcastle. Um, other than that, yeah, everything looks pretty above board. But to finish off, we'll come back, obviously, Sunday or Monday and do our in-depth origin preview and uh, obviously review that shortened round 17. But the odds at the moment with bluebet.com.au for the origin Queensland are now two dollar twenty five outsiders. The Blues have shortened in a little bit more to a dollar sixty five. Minus two and a half is the line. One to twelve is three dollars for the Blues. Three thirty five for the Maroons. Thirteen plus three fifty for the Blues and five fifty for the Maroons. Uh, we sort of spoke about it the other day. I think Felice not coming back and now having Nanai on that edge with Gagai and Cherry Evans. Uh, I'll be interested to see how that goes early, and if it's a little bit loose, I'd expect Gilbert to slot in there and they try to tighten things up. But if I'm New South Wales, I think you have to be confident um, after what you've done last game and now with what's happened. They're never going to get a better opportunity to go up there and win a decider, I think. No, they're not, 100%. Yeah, must win. Simple as that. Yeah. I've got the better team. I'm going to get the job done. I'm all over that left-hand side. Like I said, I, I like Nenai as a player, and it's not technique. His technique's fine, but decision-making, he can get caught out at times. Cherry Evans is similar. Gagai hasn't been in great form. So watching those three together, if I'm New South Wales, I'm getting plenty, plenty of shape there earlier. Like Tedesco, yeah, Burton, Luai, Toto. 
if that edge isn't, you know, where you're trying to set up or get to it, I'd be very surprised. But I think, yeah, I'll be interested to see how the interchanges work. Well, it's going to be the middle. Like, can Queensland turn into what it was in game one or is it going to be like it was in game second half of game two? Yeah. That, that's, that's going to be the decisive factor in the game. Yeah, I agree with you 100% there. But there you go. I don't think there's any other news that's broke while we've been on here. But, um, yeah, the big talking point, like we said, mainly this morning was the news from last night about Walsh uh, and Charles Nickel Klugstad, which has now been confirmed this morning that Walsh is more than likely heading back to the Broncos. Nickel Klugstad, a year early release from Canberra, heading back to the Warriors. And... Uh, yeah, them basically cutting the Dolphins out of that deal and he'll be heading back to where he started and where his friends are. So, yeah, there we go. Let's get out of here. We'll be back, uh, like I said, either Sunday or Monday. We'll do that in-depth look at the origin thanks to bluebet.com.au and then we'll be back to normal from there on in. Origin over, the interrupted period over. Power rankings will be back, brought to you by the Penrith Solar Centre. Don't be sidelined by rising power bills this season. Call them today, 1800 20 29 30, or visit www.penrasola.com.au. And then we have the run home. Um, fairly interesting few weeks ahead. Let's see how it all plays out. But for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.